welcome to Light for Living. My name is Pat Kilby. I'm the pastor at Cary First Baptist Church in Cary, North Carolina. Light for Living is a podcast designed to share biblical truth from a fresh perspective with an emphasis on relevant and practical application for our life. So currently we're teaching through the book of Revelation. Today we're talking about Revelation chapter 5. So two weeks ago, we began looking at Revelation chapter 4, and we talked about the rapture of the church. So here's what I will say. Revelation chapters 1, 2, and 3 is the introduction to the book, and then we read about the churches. Revelation 4 and 5 sets us up for Revelation chapter 6 through 19. But it's hard, and I will say impossible, to really understand what's going on in Revelation chapter 6 through 19 unless we have firm footing about what's going on in Revelation chapter 4 and especially chapter 5. So in in Revelation chapter 4, in quick review, we learn about the rapture of the church. Revelation chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, it says, the Bible says, After this I looked, and there in heaven was an open door. The first voice that I heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and there was a throne in heaven, and someone was seated on it. So this imagery here is, is, is very clear. Before events can take place in rapid succession that we call the tribulation, the church is, is taken away, and John uh, is immediately taken away. He hears the voice like a trumpet. Well, the rapture is going to happen when we hear the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first and those who are remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds and will meet Jesus and be with them and him forever. So there's this immediate trumpet call, uh, the people of God, the church is called away and we are in the presence of God in, in heaven. So that's what John is experiencing here. Verse two, immediately I was in the spirit and there was a throne in heaven and someone was seated on it. So the first thing that, that John encounters is a throne. A throne was set in heaven, and one was seated on the throne. Now, I want to, just just in review, go over a couple of these things. The one seated on the throne looked like Jasper. Jasper is a precious stone, brilliant, radiant. Jasper refers to the holiness, purity, and perfection of the one seated on the throne. The one seated on the throne looked like carnelian stone, a precious stone, reddish Uh, in color with properties of healing. The carnelian stone refers to the judgment and wrath of God, also possibly the the redemption of God. And I will say this, and when we were reviewing this a few weeks ago, the only thing that can compare to the love of God is his wrath. So with the carnelian stone, it it is reddish in color, and so um, scholars, commentarians believe it it can refer to his his judgment, his wrath, but also his his redemption. Uh, red being uh, his his blood. The emerald refers to the majesty of God, his grace, his mercy, his sovereignty, and his goodness displayed in all of creation. So, what's uh, unique to me, and and it's it's powerful how um, how the word of God is is. Is profound at just as it is, but in so, on so many levels, it's in total agreement with with itself in so many different ways and passages throughout the Scripture. So in Ezekiel chapter one, verses twenty through to twenty eight, the scene in heaven is described by Ezekiel, and it's similar to that which 
is experienced by John. Ezekiel chapter 1, verses 22 and following says this, Over the heads of the living creatures, the likeness of an expanse was spread out. It gleamed like an awe-inspiring crystal, and under the expanse their wings extended one to another. They each also had two wings covering their bodies. When they moved, I heard the sound of their wings like the roar of a huge torrent, like the voice of the Almighty, and a sound of tumult like the noise of an army. When they stopped, they lowered their wings. A voice came from above the expanse over their heads. When they stopped, they lowered their wings. Something like a throne with the appearance of, of lapis lazuli was above the expanse over their heads. On the throne high above was someone who looked like a human. From what seemed to be his waist up, I saw a gleam like amber with what looked like fire enclosing it all around. From what seemed to be his waist down, I also saw what looked like fire. There was a brilliant light all around him. The appearance of the brilliant light all around was like that of a rainbow in a cloud on a rainy day. This was the appearance of the likeness of the Lord's glory. When I saw it, I fell down and I heard a voice speaking. So Ezekiel, he saw something similar to what John saw. They saw uh, in heaven what would be the, the throne room of, of God. So many scholars and commentaries believe the stones refer to the various attributes of God. So we move from the throne of God to the people in heaven. So the people in heaven have, have some things in common. Number one, they've been raptured into heaven. They've been caught up to an open door immediately. They've been redeemed. They're described as being dressed in white robes or white clothes. They've been rewarded. They have golden crowns on their heads. So what John is seeing is um, a time of worship for those who have been raptured. So while believers, while the church is, is worshiping God and having a, having a wonderful time there, while we're doing that, there is woe on the earth. Woe um, is, a, is a great sorrow and distress. So the people who were left behind, the people who did not accept Christ are left behind to, be, uh, to, to undergo, to endure this, this time of, of testing and tribulation for, for seven years. So that's um, a review of Revelation chapter 4, just to get us back on, on track. Now let's start with Revelation chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. I want to read these verses to you, then we'll get started. So Revelation chapter 5, verse 1. Then I saw in the right hand of the one seated on the throne a scroll. So in Revelation 4, we have a description of the one seated on the throne. He's on the throne, and he has a scroll in his right hand. On the scroll there was writing on both sides, and it's sealed with seven seals. I also saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to even look in it. I wept and wept because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or even to look in it. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Look, the lion from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw one like a slaughtered lamb standing in the midst of the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent into all the earth. He went and took the scroll out of the right hand of the one seated on the throne. 
When he took the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp and golden bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of the saints, and they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scrolls and the scroll and to open its seals because you were slaughtered and you purchased people for God by your blood from every tribe and language and people and nation. You made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels around the throne and also of the living creatures and of the elders. Their number was countless thousands plus thousands of thousands. They said with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. I heard every creature in heaven, on earth, under the earth, and on the sea, and everything in them say, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to the one seated on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders fell down and worshiped. Wow. I tell you what, I, I am moved by this passage of Scripture, and I can't wait to, to break it all down. It's, it's really good. So once again, it is impossible. It's extremely difficult to understand Revelation chapter 6 through 19 without understanding, without having a good foundation about what's going on in Revelation chapter 5. So in Revelation chapter 5, verse 1, it says again, Then I saw in the right hand of the one seated on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides sealed with seven seals. So let's break this down. If you're taking notes, just, just write this down. The right hand is significant. The right hand is significant. The largest majority of people in the world are right-handed. Now, uh, I'm right-handed, but I play golf left-handed, and you try to find left-handed golf clubs. Man, it is so hard. So what John is, is saying here and what he is seeing, he's seeing this scroll in the right hand of God. So the imagery of the right hand speaks, speaks to the strength, the skill, and the ability of the right hand. God is sovereign. God is strong. God is in control of the future. So the scroll is in the right hand of the one seated on the throne. He's in control and he's sovereign over the future. The scroll is in his mighty right hand. Psalm chapter 20, verse 6 and 7 says this, Now I know that the Lord gives victory to his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with mighty victories from his right hand. Some take pride in chariots and others in horses, but we take pride in the name of the Lord our God. So I'm not throwing shade out to you left-handers, but I will say uh, what the Scripture's talking about is, is the power, the strength, the skill that's found in the mighty, righteous right hand of God. So it's the, righty, it's the righteous right hand, mighty of God, mighty hand of God that is holding the scroll. Boy, I just slaughtered all that. Let's go back. It was the righteous, mighty right hand of God, the righteous, mighty right hand of God that is holding the scroll. And understand, we're learning that God is sovereign and he is in control of the future. So the right hand, the mighty right hand of God is holding the scroll. Now let's look at the scroll. The scroll with the seven seals is extremely significant. The scroll sealed with the seven seals in the right hand of God this is the title deed to the universe. This is the title deed to the universe. The scroll is the title deed to everything God has created. Because God created the heavens and the earth and everything in the earth, 
He owns it all, and he's about to take it back. Now, that's powerful. He's holding the title deed, but he's about to take it back. You see, the world we live in is getting worse and not better. From the time of the fall of humanity, Adam and Eve's sin, the world has been in a fallen and falling state. Let's look at Genesis chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. We get a, a more clear picture. God said to the man, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, do not eat from it. The ground is cursed because of you. You will eat from it by means of painful labor all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. You will eat bread by the sweat of your brow until you return to the ground since you were taken from it. For you are dust, and you will return to dust. So from the time of Adam and Eve's sin, the earth has been cursed, and the earth is actually getting worse and not better. The world is sinful. The world is filled with sinful people, people who are searching for and serving an endless array of of idols and false gods. As the days pass and the years move along, the world is getting worse and not better. The world is filled with pride, hatred, violence. And as the days pass and years move along, the world is getting worse and not better. The world is being plagued with sickness, infection, disease, As the days pass and move along, the world is getting worse and not better. The world is increasingly becoming polluted. The water, the air, the soil, the world we are commanded to steward and take care of is becoming worse and not better. The prophet Isaiah declared the need for a new earth. In Isaiah chapter 51, verses 3 and following, For the Lord will comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places and he will make her wilderness like Eden and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her thanksgiving and melodious song. Pay attention to me, my people, and listen to me, my nation, for instruction will come from me and my justice for a light to the nations. I will bring it about quickly. My righteousness is near. My salvation appears, and my arms will bring justice to the nations. The coasts and islands will put their hope in me, and they will look to my strength. Look up to the heavens, and look at the earth beneath, for the heavens will vanish like smoke, the earth will wear out like a garment, and its inhabitants will die like gnats. But my salvation will last forever, and my righteousness will never be shattered. So Isaiah's talking about a time when uh, the world is getting worse and not better, and it's going to be Uh, There's a need for the earth and the world we live in to be redeemed. So when we read Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through 22, we get an even more clear picture. In this passage of Scripture, it says the earth is, is literally groaning. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. Get this, verse 19. For the creation eagerly waits with anticipation for God's sons to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in the hope that the creation itself will also be set free from the bondage to decay into the glorious freedom of God's children. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together with labor pains until now. Literally, the earth is groaning, and it is waiting 
to be redeemed. It's waiting to be restored since the fall, since the the sin of Adam and Eve. The world has been wasting away, and the earth, it groans, and it's looking for the time when the one who, who comes is going to take the scroll from the righteous right hand of the one who sits on the throne, and he's going to redeem the earth back to himself. Wow, that is, that is powerful to me. So Revelation chapter 5, verses 2, 3, and 4. I also saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or even to look in it. I wept and wept because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or even to look in it. The world is sinful, violent, diseased, polluted, and is wasting away. The world we live in, the creation, is getting worse and not better. To make matters even more serious, John sees there is no one who is worthy or able to take the scroll from the righteous right hand of God and to break its seals. So much so, John begins to weep and to weep. John understands the earth. He understands creation is groaning. He understands without one who is able to take the scroll and unbreak its seals and redeem the earth the earth is lost. There is no hope. There's no future, no peace, no joy. John begins to weep. Let me tell you, without the hope of Christ, there's nothing to do but weep. If our hope is in the earth, we don't have much hope. The earth, the creation is wasting away. But we're going to see, and I have to stop right here, because uh, we just don't have time to, to get into it. I, I just don't have time in this podcast to start the next section, but I encourage you, read Revelation chapter 5, verses 1 through 14, and we're going to see literally the scroll is the dot, title deed to the universe, and Jesus, like a slaughtered lamb, the one who paid the price for redemption, is going to take, whoo, man, that's a Ric Flair, whoo, right there. He's going to take the scroll from the righteous, mighty right hand of the one seated on the throne, and because he is worthy, he's going to start breaking the seals. And that's what starts happening in Revelation 6 through 19. Literally, through these through these seals that he is breaking, seal by seal, Jesus is taking back the earth, taking back the earth. And next week we're going to see who, who has power on the earth today. We know who the prince of the power of the air is. It is Satan, and we're going to see how powerful and how control uh, how in control he is, but we're going to see systematically Jesus, the righteous Lamb of God, he's going to take the scroll and, and systematically, seal by seal, he's going to break the seals and take back. Literally, the tribulation is Jesus taking back what is rightfully his, setting up for a new heaven and a new earth. Man, I, I, I'm so excited about this. 
So next week, we're going to see where the angel proclaims to John, stop weeping. Stop your crying. There's one who is worthy. So I don't want to leave you hanging. We don't have enough time in this podcast to start a a new section, so I'll just leave it at this. Uh, We'll continue looking at Revelation chapter 5 next week, and I encourage you to continue listening, and also to encourage you to invite your family members, your friends, neighbors, your coworkers, and acquaintances to join us. This is a powerful, powerful study. So I hope you have a great week, and uh, I look forward to uh, you joining us next time on, on Light for Living.